Hello and welcome to the No Breaking Podcast. This time I've got with me an artisan from Notable Rides, Mr. Doug Brenninger. Very nice. I tried. I had to practice that multiple, multiple <laughs> times. Actually, a little, a little flair on it too, which I is put nice. a little bit of an accent. So, Doug, <laughs> it's lovely to have you on the podcast. Also, a big thanks to John for mm. setting this up. John. Hey, John. Thank you so much. <laughs> Always appreciate you. Very much appreciated. So, Doug, let's dive right in. You are known mostly for your post-it art. Is that correct? That is correct. But before we delve into that wonderful book you've got over there, <laughs> let's take a step back and try and figure out from you how you got into design in the first place and, and how you've gone from uh, essentially going to college to do design to where you got to now. Okay, starting from college. No, we'll even start before going to college. What was it at high school or even before then? All right, well, I'm going to have to do this in bullet points. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll ramble you, on. No, you um, do bullet points and then I can intersect. All right. So essentially everything started, you know, as far back as even, you know, preschool and just always had a fascination with, uh, you know, cars, surprisingly. And Was it Hot Wheels then? No, it wasn't even Hot Wheels. It was, it was actually cars in general. It was actually a body shop across the street from my preschool. Okay. Right? You know, I actually remember that one thought of actually going across, you know, when we go out to recess and I would honest, honestly go to the gate and right across the street was like a body shop. It was just really weird. Um, but I was just, you know, it was like some gravitational pull towards it. And, you know, I'd go back to class and, you know, find myself drawing these cars or trying to just draw parts or something. Sure. What, what I, I thought were cars. Um but anyways, uh, you know, my parents would tell me, you know, I just had a weird fondness with it. Like it was obsess obsessive. So anyways, long story short, I was keeping that going, you know, man, it just, it just didn't stop. It was all the way through elementary school, mm -hmm. uh, high school. Um, essentially that's where it start, really started showing my, my, uh, aptitude for just drawing and art. Um, cause my other grades were evident that <laughs> that art was maybe I, taking a preference i wasn't yeah it just yeah exactly that was a nice way of putting your it. other uh your other subjects not really the focus of your goals at this time yeah they just weren't engaging just to be honest like keeping it short and frank it's just it just wasn't you know i, I could have excelled if i put my mind to it honestly my sister was the academic she's definitely the brainiac um and like i like to put it i was like the test run okay and since she's younger than me i think all right, she got so all the you know, better genetics and sure. She, you know, and your parents learned what the things had to push and pull in other different ways after you and like, oh, yeah, I was the trouble. guinea pig for there mistakes. You like, there you go. What not to do. <laughs> and now you just turn into a creative soul. And this yeah, is what, it just, I think it harnessed the creative soul in me a little bit better. So, um, but anyways, uh, long story short on that aspect, um, I was about to graduate and my parents were, they were actually legitimately worried that what was I going to do with my life, okay. my career. It's kind of aimless, um, and paying attention. My, to my... I think my parents still are that way. To be honest about <laughs> I think me, right everyone now. in life is that way. It's, it's very rare that everyone has like a clear trajectory of what they're doing. Um, but uh, you know, they were just trying to figure out, like, oh man, this this kid has you know somewhat okay grade. I, I'm surprised I even graduated high school. To be honest, okay, like, <laughs> that was that bad. All right, <laughs> um. And, uh, you know, essentially they saw I excelled in all my art classes. This was like my junior year. And my mom took the initiative to like look up schools where you can draw cars and actually be paid. And she came across Art Center. Okay. And literally just sitting in my room, she comes to my room and says, hey, I signed you up for these classes where you can draw cars and you could get paid for them. I'm like, what? 
Like, who? What really? is this crazy magic? Yeah, what, what is this? You know, and this was even before the internet was sure. really in use or anything like that. She so, went to a library and did these kind of things. Yeah, it's, <laughs> who does that? This, what is this wizard, wizardry? Exactly. You know? they um, look through books. <laughs> books. What are books? <laughs> they have dust on them. You have to like lift them up. They've got tombs. You have to. Is that the Dewey decimals? What are those, anyways? Uh, who knows? I, I still don't know what I'm those just, are. I'm honestly, I'm just got a tablet these days. And I just scroll through. I just swipe, <laughs> swipe. That's all I do. Yeah, isn't that what they I are? I don't know this Dewey Decimal sim- system. <laughs> who knows these things? Getting a card from something? No. <laughs> so yeah, um, basically. Uh, so she told me about this. She signed me up for a class. It was something design related. I can't, I can't really remember. But were you were based here in Southern California? It was Southern right? California. Yeah. And I, oh, I'm like. She, I'm like, where's this school? This sounds pretty awesome. This is here in California. She's like, yeah, it's Pasadena, and and Pasadena. I've never heard of Pasadena. This is how like like in my own bubble I was, right? Sure, sure. And she's like, where's that? And it's like, well, it's a half hour. I thought half hour is a long way from like where I never really got anywhere. Like, it was just it's the first time we'd seen the first, ocean. For it really did feel like that. I'm not even gonna lie. Like it was so I was so homebodied. It was just it was sad, but um. You know, it's half hour, and you know, um, so took my first class, um, showed up nervous as hell, and essentially, there's kids drawing too, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. So I'm kind of looking at what everyone's doing. I was like, whoa, sure. that kid's drawing. He's drawing a car. It's like, holy crap! There's like, there's more of these people like me out there that draw cars. That draw cars, yeah, and they're as geeky as I am about it, and blah blah, and. Um, you know, I remember saying, ah, man, I forgot the kid's name, but I sat next to him and he showed me a picture of his, um, he had like a wide body Mercedes E like 190 or something like that. I just found him recently on Instagram. Uh, so, and he's doing like crazy modeling and concept work in terms of building aftermarket cars. But anyways, long, you know, getting off subject. I, I, after that first class, I was hooked, you know, it just hit me and I knew what my clear goal was and I knew what I wanted to do. The only thing was, I just needed to finish high school and maintain graduating, <laughs> which was, it was surprisingly tough for me. Um, sure. So. But you did graduate high oh, school. Oh, I graduated, thankfully. I graduated with, uh, I'll be, I'll be, like, I just want to prove to kids out there, like, if you're in high school and, like, I had a 2.5 GPA when I graduated, like, barely passed, and, you know, but I, this is the testament to, like, hard work and dedication if you have passion for something, just, you know, just throw an unlimited amount and endless of those ten thousand hours. That's what you gotta do. Really, ten thousand hours and then some too. I, because I had a lot of catching up to to do too. Because the one thing I that makes it like twenty thousand hours. At this yeah, point. twenty. Yeah. If you do the math, I think yeah. it's almost like it's definitely that. Maybe a hundred million hours or something like that. <laughs> Only we had a hundred million hours to play with. It'd be great. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but um, you know, I, it just I think. Because of not being involved in the design process, I didn't know there was a whole process to design. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know you had to think about, like, there was thought process in designing stuff. I thought you just drew it and it was made. But no, there's a there's a whole, you know, whole thing behind it and philosophy and, um, you know, process. So I had to really catch up. Like, the learning curve for me was tremendous. So sure. that's where I knew I had to work my ass off even harder. And on top of that, trying to be really good at drawing. Um, so long story short, uh, on that graduated high school immediately, um, realized I wasn't cut out to get into art center yet. You had to have like a 3.0 GPA. You had to have a portfolio, had neither of those. (laughs) Um, so 
This is uh, where the hard work comes in. Yeah, the hard work comes in. Um, I went to Art Center Admissions. They told me, hey, go to PCC. That's the gateway in getting to Art Center. So I just knew, okay, put in the time to go to junior college. I had to do well in my academics. I did well. I actually got better. I took it very seriously. At the same time, learning about design. I had two great teachers, Stan Kong and Albert Yu. Stan was the one who introduced me to the whole design aesthetic of it. As well as Albert, Albert was more of like the guy who really opened up my artistic side and really showed us the techniques of how to really draw like a, a you know a professional. Um, so, anyways, you know, I spent three and a half years of just honing in on building a portfolio, excelling, you know, trying to be the best person I can be at it. And you know, I say 2007, I applied um, for scholarship and everything. You know, I got I think I got half scholarship at the time, and I got accepted. Hey. And half's better than nothing. Oh, it was way better. <laughs> so, but it was that was just another you know achievement. And acceptance is obviously better than nothing as well. Oh yeah. Um, so it was like a win-win, um, and it just made me hungrier. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and it was also another reality check when you know you can't help it. Oh, you can't help that you know you you have to really keep yourself in check when it comes to your ego and thinking you're the shit. Am I allowed to cuss? Uh, you, well, you just have, Doug, okay. so... Uh, we can't edit that out. No, there's no I'm editing edgy. on this. I am edgy. You are cutting edge. <laughs> you are down with the kids. That's right. <laughs> on the lowdown. Yep. That's right. Uh-huh. John Subal will be proud of you right now. He's like, I knew this guy when he was too cool for school. Now he's all swearing. He's so gangster. Yeah, I don't know what to do with guy? him. Exactly. Yeah, oh, my word. Man, the Christian school paid off, yeah. huh, man? Yeah, so... Anyways, um... <laughs> I essentially, I thought I was good enough when, yeah, I got accepted from, you know, really stepped up my level. I had Albert Yu and Stan Kong's, you know, recommendations, and they thought I was cut out and ready. And, of course, when I got and had my first class and met all my, you know, who would be like kind of like my family over the next couple of years, man, I it just showed a whole nother level I had to step up to, like the yep. caliber of kids that were coming in that was just like another reality check and i think it just woke me up to the like this the whole world like mm-hmm. you're always gonna have someone better than you you can always have you know someone's just just so much more multi-talented and you know and that didn't discourage me all it did was just like all right well what's my strength and i'm like this is me at 22 like going what's my strength how could i play to it and how could i just be the best at it really because i just know like i had to be real with myself like i'm not that kid is just like that's a whole nother league and, you know, I had to really eat some humble pie there. So, and it wasn't down shooting or like aiming for the star, you know, I wasn't trying to downplay myself. It was just, that was the reality. Um, so, you know, and I had a strong affinity for aftermarket design. Um, so, so can you tell us a little bit about, so people that, who may not know, like my father, mm-hmm. what after, what would you consider aftermarket design is? Aftermarket design is the guys who, um, who have the ability to build uh, what they see in their mind? Um, I would. I, I never really been. I never put thought into that. See, one. I try and ask the d- most difficult questions here on this podcast. I don't want to. I don't want to be rude and say like wannabe designers, because everyone has a way of artistically expressing themselves. You know, there's people who can't draw what they see, but they can build the hell out of what they see in their head. Mm-hmm. You know. Sure. So, how do I describe? Aftermarket is just. It's the. You take. It's basically essentially you're. 
it's not vandalizing a designer's work or anything, but you're you're just personalizing. You're you're adding your own touch, individuality. You know the the cliche stuff that comes with customization. It's just you're making it personal. Okay. And you're making it. Um, you know what I think I I value one thing is you want to be a standout. You want to, and there's some people who do it in very nice, sophisticated ways, and there's just some people who are really obnoxious about it. Um, but you, know, you obviously, with your potty mouth, take it from the more oh, obnoxious side. Obviously, oh yeah, I'm a, yeah. you're the bad boy of aftermarket. Yeah, I am the Charlie Sheen. I That's guess. right. <laughs> it's all that tiger blood pumping through you. Oh yep, the Adonis blood, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh. Yeah, you know, and I, I just, I really just had such an affinity for it, like, um, and I just love the lifestyle, I think, you know, and that's what I related to the most, I really wasn't into the whole futuristic aesthetic of things, because mm-hmm. I guess I was just more in the now, I was about being present, I didn't really care to think ahead and be, you know, fantasy based, and it's fun to intrigue, like, engage the imagination that way, I just wanted stuff that was, can be tangible right now. Okay. Um, you know, and that was just my perspective on things. You know, I have no problem with people who are like, you know, like a Sid Mead or a Daniel Simon or, you know, all these great phenomenal entertainment designers or visionaries and designers in their own rights, you know, who've gone to, you know, really, you know, set the forefront of like what the future could be. You know, I think it's great. It's hopeful. It's like optimistic. (laughs) So, but I just, I just knew I was a guy who liked being in the now and just what was happening and attitude. Um, so, you know, long story short, uh, why trying to deal with that identity? Like I was kind of having to fit in the mold of like becoming a concept designer too. And, you know, learn the discipline of being a professional designer, which I was totally lagging. Okay. The structure, um, everything. Like I didn't realize another aesthetic or an aspect of when I got into school is how immature I was. (laughs) Like I, I can even have Stuart Reed and Jay Sanders, my department chairs at the time, even validate I was as they quote a squirrely guy. Yep. So <laughs> edgy, you know. So that was probably your putty mouth. That's sort of the thing that was like party, you were... but you know, like I, I was just so excited to be what I was doing to be mm-hmm. around kids. That the bad were... boy of aftermarket. That's you. They were no, no. Yeah. Got yeah. Bad boy of aftermarket's coming in. You know, I gotta one up Chip Foosh. You exactly. Know? I gotta gotta stand out my own way. And I thought that was the way to do it. And no, it just puts a bad flavor in people's heads. <laughs> so, um, so you know, I started getting grounded out, you know, as each year progressed. And, you know, being around, like, my, my peers and some of my best friends now. And, yeah, they rub off on you, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, you know. And you, you really – and then you start coming into your own aesthetic and your own strengths. And, like, what are you trying to, you know, tell the world or communicate? essentially um you know one of those things was just you know I, I started learning in school that i really loved the you know i think every designer still and you know through and through they love drawing and and then you know it, that never gets old for us and like i just love analog you know and with the new generation everything is digital everything's 3d modeling it's great it's getting into vr now but man like the 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 tactile feel of drawing like it just that never gets old so i didn't want to lose that and you know and so you know and that was just kind of like how i was going through art center and and, and when it came towards internship time 
I really was aiming to get into BMW. I put okay. all my eggs in one basket. So why was it BMW that, at that time that was the one that was putting all your eggs in the BMW basket? What Wait, was it about BMW? What was it about BMW? Yeah. Well, one, I, you know, I, what was it, 2000, well, I owned, I had a, I had a little BMW hatchback. Okay. That I got from my dad back in high school, and I love that thing. Like, I I could see why he really enjoyed it. It was like a four-banger. It had, you know, had no, had no rear end on it. Like, you know, the joke was, like, I couldn't afford the whole car. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so quirky and odd and like different. Sure. And I love that aspect and it was fun driving it. And like, it was a f- zippy little car. Um, and then yeah, customizing it, but it was just the driving experience was most engaging. I love, you know, it was just so, I guess it was just every, just the, the driving experience is what really kind of enamored me with BMW. So that's why I kind of geared towards like, oh, okay. And then having kind of like a German background, like, oh, it only makes sense. I got to go here and blah, blah, blah. And I really wanted to design the next M3. Okay. So, so that's when we boil down to the brass tacks. You want to do your take on an M3. Yeah. And then that's why I was like, oh, if I have this internship opportunity, that's what I want to do for. And, you know, granted, I went through four days of, you know, you know having to show up to your thing to hear who got called for the internship opportunities. And it was the very last day. And I remember I was sitting next to another friend of mine or, you know, buddy. His name was also Doug, Douglas Chan. And I think he designed for, like, Toyota or Honda now. But anyways, <laughs> it's like almost a movie how it sounds. So I'm sitting there. We're sitting there. And then we're calling the rounds. Uh, you know, it was, uh, it was like, I think they called – I was, like, maybe the third student being called. Mm-hmm. But I remember the department chair kind of held the name. They're like, all right, so we got Doug. And it was literally me and him just sitting right and I was like, whoa, okay. And then they kind of see the mix-up. It was like, well, Doug who? You know, I was like, oh, well, Doug Brennan. It was like, oh, holy shit, I got it, you know, awesome. Um, so, you know, and, you know, he congratulated and, you know, sorry. Um, I couldn't, you know, he didn't get this spot, but, you know, I'm happy I got there. So, um, so you know, I went against three. Um, it was like Sean Lee, one of the Bryden twins, and uh, sang you, or it was a, girl i forgot her name but um she ended up getting the position that's so, why you forgot her name because she was the bitter defeat that you don't want the enemies of your the tears of your enemies to like blind you going forward to i'm dude, never gonna remember your dude, name again now that's it dude well here's the crazy part i remember we're sitting in the computer lab and literally um man, i wish i could remember her name but she was we we're sitting in the computer lab and i remember she was sitting there and she was putting together, putting together a portfolio and everything and she almost looked discouraged. She was like, what's going on? She's like, oh, well, you know, like all the talent around here is like, man, I don't think I'll stand a chance. And like me, like oh, I came from a genuine place. I'm like, no, give it a try. You just never know what happens. Like they, you don't know what they're looking for and blah, blah, blah. And what do you know? It happens to be she was one she of the She happened people- to pick the, the one, that, the internship that you wanted to do. And she would like just, I remember that day I was in the lab. And I was like, you know what? You should just give it a try. Give BMW a try. What's the harm in that? And then she destroyed. Honestly, I couldn't be better. She crushed about it. everyone. Crushed everyone. Yeah, that was. I guess that was just the irony of everything. And you know, it, it, but it didn't make me any, you know, bitter or anything like that. It was just like, oh, well, good for her. Like, damn. Exactly. I found it honestly. I found it funny. Yep. And at the same time, because when I did go through my interview process with it, like when they were going through my stuff and everything, I could just feel the vibe of like. I'm not a fit for these guys. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're picking up on their personality types and everything. It's like, dude, all right. I just knew I wasn't their, their vibe. Sure. 
So I'm glad she got picked, but it left me in kind of like a, a stressful situation of like, oh man, I got three months to of nothing. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? And, you know, it's going to sound so butchered, like so all over the place when the podcast comes out. But anyways, I, previously a year prior, uh, the boys from Galpin Autosports came up to visit Richard Petrushka because um, I guess he wanted to do a little demo or something with us. But he just mentioned, hey, there was a car custom crew that was coming up to visit us and check out our class and see what we're up to. And this was like third term VizCom or something. And I remember the car start pulling in and all that. I'm like, holy crap, this is Pimp My Ride. These are the guys from Pimp My Ride. So uh, first person I immediately recognized was Mad Mike. I still have a picture to this day of him and I you know, meeting up, but like most of my class didn't really know who they were. They were kind of like all international students. A few of my other friends knew who they were. Also, when I mm-hmm. did get to meet Mad Mike one time, he really wasn't that mad. He was really just a kind of normal guy. He wasn't that irritable. So I think the mad is probably from his genius rather than him. His... No, he's he's mentally, mental-wise, he's a mad, Scientist. mad smart, mad, he, 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 he's... I hate him because he downplays how intelligent he is. Yeah, he he plays so dumb. Like, but the dude has an IQ of one sixty. That's like no joke. He doesn't talk about his stint at UCLA or like oh how he uh, has a high. You know, he took a IQ test and he he he's so he so downplays his stuff. But very man, I love that guy. Um, taught me so much. Um, miss him. You yeah, know, miss working with him and like us going with our crazy ideas. But before I get off on tangent, but you know. Ultimately, I was like, oh, these guys are cool. I met them. Um, I remember at the time I was actually doing a thing called Pimp My Sketch. I was literally – kids would leave their sketches all over the classrooms. Uh-huh. I would take one and take a crappy sketch, and I would pimp it out. Yeah. <laughs> and like, um, you know, essentially I had a bunch of these, and I went and I raced up to Mad Mike and Bo at the time. I, I didn't really know Bo, sadly, but um, – and I showed them, like, hey, they, look at this, what I've been up to and everything, and blah, blah, blah. They're all real cool, and they autographed it, and they could tell they didn't really want to be bugged with me and all this stuff. But they're like, hey, anytime, you know, you want to come by Galpin, you know, here's my card. Sure. So a whole year elapsed, and that was when the whole, you know, intern shopper opportunity came up, going back to that. And then ultimately, you know, it came into my head, like, I'm going to go try for Galpin. I don't know if they have a designer or not, blah, blah, blah. So I bugged them for literally a week. And told him, hey, I'm going to work for free. I'll work for free. I'll work for free. I kept on that notion. I'm going to work for free. And, you know, I get a call on Friday, and it was like Bo's assistant. And she's like, hey, can you come in on, you know, come in for a meeting and, you know, bring your portfolio. The guys would like to check out what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I tailored my portfolio to an aftermarket one, showed all my aftermarket stuff. I couldn't put my regular portfolio. So I brought it in. And, you know, it was real easy. You know, the guys cracked jokes. I was a newbie. You know, they're, you know, I didn't realize they were ball busting me the whole time. But um, Bo really was genuinely impressed with the work. And, you know, he left with the notion of like, well, you know, when can you start? And I started the very next week. I was like 23 at the time. And, you know, they just started dumping projects on me, you know. And I I had something to prove. So I was putting in my arts hour. I was, you know, they gave me like, oh, do these paint schemes. All right, um, I do like 20 pages of paint schemes for just a truck, sure, uh, which they call preloads. And then before you know it, at the time there was a Air Force project, and you know these were X1 and Vapor project. And um, I didn't realize at the time how the whole aftermarket thing worked. What my role was, where I had to create a visual rendering, 
which was essentially kind of like the the engaging factor for someone in a bid. So they, they show the rendering, bid, and then they quote what it would cost to do that work. And then the clientele will go, oh, yeah, we'll pay that. I didn't realize that was my role. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how much of a linchpin that was. Um, but, you know, I just enjoyed what I was doing. So I kept that up literally for three months. And it was time to go back to school. And honestly, I didn't want to leave. Like It was like, man, this is – I think I found my niche. Like the guys are all really cool. This is my speed. Um and yeah, to be twenty three, and they they gave me my own office. Oh, like, oh I, my word! You're an office. That's my it. own office. Like you know, and the word I think if people got to visit me at the office, the reason why I geeked out about the office was where the office was was situated. It was in the very heart of if if you guys know Galpin is like they have a private car collection, or mm-hmm. you know, well it is open to the public, but it it's just amassed with like the most rare cars, like Ford, of course, you know. But that was my playground. <laughs> like that was right outside my door. So And want... your own office means you can put stuff in there that you don't have to find a place for at home. So it can like double the square footage of stings you can collect. I did not think of it that way. Faith, that's another wise thing. This is why you probably get the big money, man. <laughs> this is see, this is why I should have like stayed in school continuing. No, John gets the big money, I get nothing. Oh yeah, John get... Yeah, John needs to tell me how his magic John tricks work. I, yeah, John and RJ, they're printing it, I think, at this point. Yeah, those guys are yeah, those guys are truly like wizards. I need to figure out what they're doing. <sighs> Definitely. So anyway, so back to anyway, your office. Yeah. So, you know, and you know, and my parents are seeing what I'm up to and everything. Um, and granted this, I worked three months, like I worked three months for free, but you know, all the other little perks, like they were coming off the tail end of like pin my ride still like the wave of that. So, you know, I was meeting celebrities. I was like going to little rock star parties. Like they would host like parties in the collection and like to be introduced to this. I'm like, is this really the lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Like this is unreal. Yep. So, you know, and I, I loved it and mostly the people were just really cool. And it didn't hurt that the place was only 15 minutes from where I was living. It's handy. Really helpful. Um, and then, uh, so, essentially, I was about to leave. Bo calls me up. You know, he he really was, you know, thankful for the work I was doing and kind of wanted to see what I was up to and what I was trying to do. And, you know, this is where I knew I really wanted to work for the guy. It, it really showed a lot about the character aspect of him was um, – when I left, he's, um, you know, well, yeah, let's let's keep working together. And I tried to figure out, okay, how do I finish school? I really need to finish school and still keep this going. So, uh, but at the end of it, he gives me a check. And, you know, he reimbursed me for like the three months I was working. I didn't even ask for it. I, didn't, mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't even entitled to it. And he just, he thought it was like the right thing to do. I'm like, well, you know what? It just sealed the deal of like, I'm going to stay loyal with these guys. So, um you know, and then the relationship went from internship. They're very supportive. Art Center was very supportive, like because I, you know, showing them what I was up to. Um, they're working out my curriculum to get me the credits I needed uh, for from 2009 to 2012 when I graduated. Mm-hmm. So I had quite a portfolio, of, like real builds happening, um, and just the learning experience, the learning curves were just going through the roof in terms of like aftermarket side of it. So. Um, so I made it work, you know, with a bunch of light terms here and there and, you know, trying to carry the two. And, you know, I look back on my work and I can't believe I got away with like some of the stuff I did at Arts Center. Like I'm just, I threw it away, like not even gonna lie. I threw away that work because I had to, you know, time manage and I just, the quality wasn't there, but you know, that's another story. But anyways, um, you know, 
And when I did graduate, ultimately, it was just clear that, you know, Galpin wanted me as an employee. And I wanted to be their employee, too. So, you know, joined full-time in 2012. So it was quite a ride from 2009 to 2012 already. So, and, you know, that's where the story began. My automotive, like, professional automotive journey started. Yep. So... So what are some of the things that they then worked on at Galpin? Honestly, it was a variety of things. Uh, we did a lot of corporate builds. Um, you know, we had to do, you know, I worked with Disney. We did work with Acura, Mercedes. Um, Is there anyone that's, that are like particular standouts for you that you enjoyed? Oh, yeah. In I particular? A, you know, a um, couple favorites were when I graduated Art Center. First thing, Bo was really excited. It was the we had this thing called the Galpin Four GTR one. It was like a bespoke Four um, GT, and mm-hmm. what essentially it was it was a, a car that was I want to say like eighty percent built already. And sadly, the owner who was trying to carry out his dream passed away from cancer. So the car was just sitting, and Bo, you know, it just happened. Bo came across it and was like, "I want to finish the project, but you know, add our flavor to it." So. Um, you know, I got to, you know, do little details such as the badging to some of the interior design, but the most notable part I have to say is the face okay. of the vehicle. Um, so, yeah. And it looks, it's a great looking vehicle because I even got to see that drive around Pebble oh, really? Beach one year. Oh, really? Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't even get, to, I went to Pebble Beach. I didn't really get to see the car drive around Pebble Beach. But no, cool. so it was a couple, it would have been a couple of years ago. Yeah, 2013. Yeah. yeah um, but, but I just saw it driving through the links, and I was like, "There he is." Yeah. Um, so that was like that was like right out of design school, like to hop on that. So it's not a bad place, not a bad thing to jump on. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, and uh, so that was the introduction, and then 2013 was the Mercedes project. Was how do you see LA? So that was when Mercedes came out with this small, affordable Mercedes that you know try to appeal to a younger demographic and start getting you know the next generation as Mercedes and. Uh, loyalists, I guess, or owners. Um, and, you know, I got to do like a, um, a Sharpie themed, um, this was when like vinyl, vinyl rap was just starting to become mainstream. And I took my artistic skills and I made a, essentially I made a Sharpie art car, but I, I did all the Sharpie work on paper. Then I vectorized it and made it into giant stickers and put it on the car. Oh, okay. So it looked like a Sharpie car, but without like half the work. Which is handy sometimes. It was. It helped out a lot. So and also smudging as well. I think oh, it's probably be, uh, yeah, that'd and, be awful. Oh, and then just the amount of money saved on sharpies themselves. Oh, oh totally. That totally. would have been a budget. I think I would have broke the budget on in just in <laughs> sharpies. sharpies. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then save myself from brain damage. Yeah. Or from what the I already fumes. well more brain damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know, and then I got to do like what was crazy. I had a one minute commercial that aired for like two months on ktla not like 11 o'clock but you know it's still like, it's still aired still aired and i learned you're supposed to be paid for that but i didn't know any better but you know it's like all these little things i had to learn still but it's like oh cool i had that to the, that was very notable for me and then 2014 was acura dave merrick came out um and some of his design squad and they had us do a tlx and i got to design a body kit and what's cool about it today on the 19 or 18, there's actually some design aesthetics on the A-Spec kit from that car. Okay. And I was like, oh. So, you know, it's just all these little gems that were just like, that that kept them going. And honestly, I, I can't really shoot off any more from my head right now. But there's there's just a vast, there, there's, there's a couple 
more that I just can't name. I'm going to hate it because as soon as I probably get off this podcast, gonna that's what I'm going to think right about it. Yeah. Same as that lovely lady's name, the feature <laughs> BMW, right? Yeah. See, First thing you do. See, just don't don't huff Sharpies, guys. That's the problem. Yeah, see, I'm yeah, glad you didn't huff anymore. Yeah. But then, so what led you then from going to Gallup and then essentially going like freelance and going for your own thing? I think, you know, I think uh, essentially um, in hindsight and real, reality of what all came, how that all came about was, you know, as I was evolving as a designer, but you know, the artist side was really kind of feeling starved mm-hmm. in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really just trying to figure out, um, I think I was actually hitting a block. Like I think my, I was trying to figure out what was the next chapter. I think that's where things were starting. I think everyone hits that fork in the road. Couldn't really make, make any, like couldn't make clear situation of it. But I do know that I, I was facing the decision of like, I got to go full wholehearted into something. And like, I want to see what this art side's about. But, you know, I think what really put, put that in my head was, you know, um, was like the passing of my dad, um, in 2015 and, you know, God rest his soul, but you know, that woke me up like heavily, mm-hmm. like woke me up in terms of like, you know, you got one go at life and, you know, it can stop suddenly and, you know, yeah. And granted it was a great, great relationship with Galpin and, you know, I couldn't, I wouldn't be who I am without, that foundation and the support from Bo and like the whole team and like everyone I met there. But, you know, I had to go off and, you know, figure out my own voice and I wanted something of my own to build. And I think that's what everyone who I guess goes an entrepreneur endeavor is, you know, you kind of go for that legacy mentality. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, notable rides was just, it was there. And, you know, like I was starting to think back and reflect and starting to see things line up. And it was like, it was only getting more, clear that i'm like yeah this is the path you know my risk aversion was very low um you know being able to you know i'm not proud of it but you know it's like yeah moving back home um with my mom to like keep her company and help her out with like a whole bunch of other things at the same time and kind of take on the responsibilities of my dad um why juggling this it really kind of it was a golden opportunity too like it was it was bittersweet it was uh you know so I had to just take it like, you know, and there's a, there's a very, um, heavy urgency. Now there's an urgent factor with what I'm doing now to, you know, really start flourishing. Um, Mm -hmm. and granted I started, you know, I really made notable rides official maybe like three years ago, but like, you know, recently this whole year has been, I took, I jumped ship and I went off on my own and, um, you know, it's been nine months of a roller coaster ride. Um, you know, as much as, you know, like Instagram, you highlight the good stuff and everything. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot underneath that iceberg, you know, that people are not seeing. Yeah. So, um, so honestly, and each day I honestly, like I get to be here with you right now, which is very nice of you and appreciate that. Well, like for you to even consider me to like be here on this podcast, like that it's just like another testament of like I made the right decision like of what I'm doing it's reaffirming and reassuring um so you know and that I think that's just what it's about like you know just life in general is full of uncertainties and like every day's a risk you don't know like what may bad or good may happen and you know it's in some ways it's exciting like it has to be exciting um so so then if we take a step back and say 
the the push that drove you towards the art that you do now where did that come from you mentioned it was when we talked before we, i clicked record that was in uh the option to do uh, a showing right at mm-hmm. the gallery yeah um 2013 uh was i had a friend uh richard martinez he had a little gallery and you know media company called analigital um, he, you know, he, he, he was seeing the artwork on my walls in my office. So I didn't realize I was unconsciously or subconsciously. Yeah. Subconsciously. I don't know. I mean, you know, making a gallery out of my office, you mm-hmm. know, putting on my That's artwork. That's a square footage is for, see? Yeah. You got heavy. So, and you know, like looking around or in, your in house, the case of yours, square inches, I suppose. Square inches. Yeah. Better, <laughs> better phrase. But, yeah. but, uh, you know, uh, he he was kind of looking. He's like, oh, your, your office is kind of like a gallery. And I'm like, yeah, I never really thought about that. Okay, cool. Well, you know, I started curating my office a little bit more. But he's like, hey, would you be interested in, like, wanting to do, like, a solo art show or something like that? And I was, like, nervous. I'm like, oh, I never do anything like that. But if you believe, like, it may work, cool. I'll give it a try. Um, so long story short, uh, I had a whole bunch of work. It was nothing new. It was like a lot of art center stuff, and I just really wanted to come out with some fresh work to show for the show. And, um, and then the, in that same year, just actually a couple months prior, I went to a, a show or a gallery called Giant Robot, which was you know on you know it's like it's an LA region, but like on Olympic and Sepulveda or whatever. But small shop, but they had an annual show called the Posted Show, and. Where it is, they have like a couple hundred artists. They do some personal work um, on post-its. And you can go in the show and peel off, literally peel these off the wall and buy the work for like 25 bucks. You know, it's like, wow, that's a fun little concept. So I attended one of those shows and I was just really taken back on how cool it was to see work at this scale, let alone just the uniqueness of it. Like it was so bizarre. You had people waiting in line for a couple hours to get into this thing. So... I noticed that there wasn't really any cars done on it, and uh, at that same time, I was really dying to learn how to do gouache because that was one thing I didn't get to learn in design school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I put the two worlds together. And, and the... can you tell us what that is exactly? What gouache? gouache? Yeah, it, it's like a it's a water based paint. It's activated with water, but you know, it's uh, it's like a it's watercolor. Essentially, it, it could be watercolor. It could be a heavy dent. But it was used a lot in advertising. It was a, it's kind of a very temporary medium. Mm-hmm. But the the luminescence and the the resilience. I guess the the what's the word? It just it pops. Mm-hmm. So it's a very cool media to work with. Um, but it's temporary, unlike uh, acrylic. So, anyways, I I got really fascinated and fixated on it. And everyone goes, "Well, why did you do the post-its?" Well, you know, I was at my desk at home and. You know, I didn't really have any art paper, watercolor paper, but I did have the post-its. I'm like, oh, let me give it a little sample try. And I was like, holy crap, I, I did my first. I still have it. I think I have it with me. And I really love the effect. And one of those guys, I, I really, um, the one who turned me on to gouache and really was like, um, he probably won't know that he was like inspiration. It was my buddy, Wayne, um, Wayne Johnson. And, you know, talented freaking artist. I always admired him since like our PCC days. And, like, I just love this technique, so I tried applying that to, you know, post it, and it worked, and it was in, in my own personal style. And I got fixated on the process. So I was like, all right, well, this is my this is what I'm going to show at the show. Um, and essentially, I did um, – I wanted to shoot for 100 mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was going to sell these for, like, $5 a piece, being, like, you know, just not even knowing better yet about value of my work. So, 
you know, I, I shot for the moon, but really, I got 50 done, and I got them cased up and I everything. I think you would say you more likely you shot for Mars, but then you did pretty well. Uh, yeah, maybe I chilled on Yeah, I chilled on the moon instead. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, you see, were certainly out of orbit, put it that way. See, you're teaching me so much about mindset right now. You're just making my mindset even better. It's all better. the marketing. It's all, it's a, I learned this all from RJ. There's oh. RJ. So he's the one. He's the salesman. I'm going to so go back to RJ, one. see? Yeah. See, it all comes back to those he, two. He even has us talking about him still. I know, uh, I know. Brilliant. He's inside my mind. Anyways, <laughs> um, so ended up with those, got them framed, really happy with the aesthetic um, and how it all turned out. And it actually became like the big centerpiece of that show. Um, you know, if I recall, like it wasn't an exaggeration. I, I, I don't know. If, I forgot what Richard said. Maybe like 250 people showed up to that little solo show. And I brought one of the cars I designed to be like kind of the face of it and mm-hmm. all that. And and essentially it's just people were asking like oh cool you know how long these take them and like when's the next series coming out like next series like wow okay people really want to see something new so i think from there on in it and it was just one of those epiphanies of like oh maybe this is a calling right here too i'll I'll answer it and you know i had more time this time and i got i just got more detail and the quality got better and Instagram's coming out. So I was like putting this up and had content and then you're getting the reassurance from people going, oh, that's so cool and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, people are enjoying it. And I realized, oh, this is cool content. Like I was killing a lot of birds with one stone. You know, I was at content for Instagram. I was yep. I was setting out my own niche, um, you know, sticking out in a way that um, was different and had my passion for cars and painting all summed up in one. And it was just, it worked. So... You know, and it just took off, and you know, um, little by little, as each year it got more and more detailed, and I think I came into this torment of like, oh, now I got to get more accurate, I got to get more crisp. Like I was always learning something new, and I wanted to put it in the next series, and like I wanted to start picking out cars that were relevant or what was happening in the internet, and because you were like figuring out your, um, you know, what the new kids are trying to do these days, like how do you go viral? I didn't realize I was doing this unconsciously or subconsciously. What I, I get the, I'm going to stop saying that word if I'm not using it right. But anyways, I, I, I didn't realize I was doing these things. I, I wasn't paying your no mind. finger was on the pulse without you realizing it. Yeah, I was, I was on the pulse without realizing it. I just knew that it was unique. All I know, I, I should do what was hot and you know, with the hopes that, you know, like the people I was doing these cars, because it came from a sincere place. I really liked their cars. Mm-hmm. And then I'd repost, I post it and then I tag them. And somehow they dug it enough that they reposted on there. And that's just how it, it, it became this formula. Um, so, you know, and that's what I started doing. And, you know, and it was hard at first to kind of be known as the posty guy. Cause like, man, I have so many other things I like doing too. Like, like I, I tried, you know, aiming in a way like I have my I have other aesthetics. Like I tried not to confine myself to one thing, but you know, sometimes you just gotta own it and, you know, switch up your identity later, you know. So um so it's essentially, you know, two hundred and twenty five I don't know, two hundred plus post its later, you know. Um, yeah, so I was gonna say so that's like six or seven series or something like I'm that. I'm on I'm almost I'm at the closing end of series five. And, but, and they've been even having got like Series XX as well thrown in there in the mix, or is that including that? Whoa, Series XX! Yeah, wow, I thought you I was, know that. <laughs> I'm trying here. I'm trying to show that uh, I am oh, woke to this. Dang, you're going on that FBI yeah search. Yeah. I we um, I do my re- uh, I me and Kiwi we do our research here on everyone that comes in. Yeah, so we I, you always have to watch out for the quiet ones. Yeah, Kiwi's I know. The quiet one. She is the baby faced assassin. Yeah, maybe, it's been said many times. 
Dang. All right. This place is probably Mike too. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. In the Series XX, that was actually the freelance stuff. That okay. was actually people who were commissioning to do pieces for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I started realizing was the stories behind them, and hence what I was actually doing. And I think at the root of it, and you know, in light of you know my father's passing and me questioning life and what I wanted for my life, and actually questioning my actions, like why was I doing what I was doing, and you know, I think what people need to ask why they're doing what they're doing is just that why. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the intent and purpose you're doing? Um, and, you know, and when I was doing the post-its, I realized, you know, it was, of course, it was an enjoyment thing. But I think at the deeper level, why I kept going at it was, one, it I was inspired by someone else's story. That's why I'd paint the car. I don't do people's portraits. I don't paint humans. I don't, you know, I, I think that was my only way. That was my That was my portrait in a way painting someone else's car which makes sense yeah so and at the same time and with instagram what at that time it was actually opening up dialogue when you know hey man thank you so much for doing this car it's like i like surprising people i didn't let people know i was doing i just surprised them boom Mm -hmm. if they knew what they were looking at cool if not you know i had a cool piece um and it opened up relationships it opened up at like invites um to get to know these people in person and you know really see what they're about and they're i fed off of their passion and i think what it came down to i think what you're doing is you want to listen to people's stories and you know what their backgrounds are and just you know it's engagement and i think that's what i think i was intrigued by and um trying to mix the two worlds together and i'm still working on it and it's still a work in progress so you know i really i i think being in such a noisy you know noisy distracting kind of world with you know social media and what's going on is the attention span is very short um you know i kind of find my role now is like i want to kind of be that guy who kind of encapsulates you know and notes you know you're not being corny about it but notes significant time and notes things of significance or note uh of being notable so you know and granted someone can look you know hopefully if you know when things come back and trending again, you know, right now we're on the edge of VR technology and 3D modeling and just technology. It's a technolo- technological generation. I get it. But I'm waiting for that, that reception where the cycle begins where it's like, oh, man, it would be great to just like start seeing handcrafted stuff again. Like I'll be that dude. Like I want to be like, like I just have such an affection for analog stuff. And I, I just waiting I, for books to come back in a yeah. style, right? Oh, and I think they are. I just don't want to lift them. That's the only yeah. thing. I just don't want to we'll carry make them, them around. They'll be of carbon fiber. We'll make it the lightest material possible. <laughs> carbon fiber will be cheap too. Yeah. So, you know. Stuff um, this papyrus. We want our books made of carbon fiber and Kevlar. <laughs> That's what we want our books made of. Fast books. Yeah. Exactly. So um, You can read this book in so quick now with these page turners. That's going to get a little corny there. <laughs> So obviously, drive back back on track now. Uh, of the yeah. two hundred plus that you've done, which are the some of the standouts that you've had of the ones that you've been able to to compose? Not so, I would say step away back from the XX series and more so the ones that you've put down and you've thought this is my collection, my first collection, my second collection, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Which are some of your favorite cars that you've they've picked and drawn? And that could be. I wouldn't say I'm guessing they're all going to be in the first series because I'm going to say that you improved over time, so you'd be able to. I tell have I have my your... favorites of each one, yeah. And I think you no, know, and then that's the thing is with you know, kind of like my OCD a little bit is you always want to strive. Each 
I do realize how competitive I was against myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're always trying to outdo the previous one because, you know, the whole designer cliche quote is like, you're only good as your last sketch and blah, blah, blah. And that always kind of stuck with me, kind of bothered me a little bit, but it's true. You know, you always want to keep improving. So when you look through my book, you really do see the vast. Uh, so that means I'm going to look at the first yeah, page and say, Doug, this is awful. And what, why, why are you bothering please me? Please do. This? Please be real, man. Like, I'm, you know, please, I love it. Like, I, I, if it's constructive, you know. Well, I can't say that because I've already seen your work okay. at, at, on display and it does look very, very nice. So I'm not going to say that. And that's right. not just for you being a guest. No, it's honestly Wussy true. Boo. I know, I know. I'm awful. I'm the worst kind. I'm the one that's just going to say, yes, that's great. That's this is a great. Be exciting podcast, man. Like, um, but <laughs> yeah, seriously though, which is some of the favorite ones in your last favorite one? Okay, my last series. No, no. So we'll go series one. Okay, two, series three, one. I, series one. I definitely have to say it was uh, Mark Arsenal's Pandora one because okay. um, I loved the dynamics of it. Like I, I remember the flow state I was in, but most importantly, it became like the face for my art show at Illust in mm-hmm. Little Tokyo at the time. This was like 2015. I yep. had an art show exhibit there and became like the, the the feature face of it. And, you know, I love that one. It was actually one of my most um, highest selling prints, you know, that I was selling the most of. Um, you know what? Instead of me trying to guess, I'll just look through the book real quick. Oh, he's cheating. Yeah, I got to cheat a little um, you know, definitely the Lamborghini. And also, too, just to let you know, I still have a lot of these prints. Oh, not a lot, actually, but I still have prints available at my website, www.notablerides.com. So if you want to figure out what I'm talking about, you can look up at that website. So on my Series 1, I probably say Pandora 1, Lamborghini Mira, the early Ford Bronco. Yeah, actually, this is my favorite page. And, you know, the VW bus, but, man, it, I don't know. To be put on the spot like that, I, I... I like to put you on the spot, Doug. This is where it creates attention, where I'm asking you to deliver it right, right now. now. So, um, Series 2. Series, series two. 2. Now, quick, quick. We need these to knock them out. Uh, Glor- uh, Back to the Future DeLorean, Ken Block, uh, Ken Block Fiesta from Gymkhana, uh, Tony Besson. I'm going to name drop you, Tony. Um, his early Bronco farm truck. Uh, definitely, uh, I'll drop you, Larry Chen, with your... Uh, 240Z. Oh, large bang bang. Yep. And then um, Magnus Walker, his his iconic 277. I don't think anyone you know can deny that. It's like one of the coolest ones there. Uh, Rusty Slamington, Mike Burroughs. Yep. I see you too, man. Uh, so definitely, you know, that's, that's series two. So feel free to look those up. I think I might still have prints of those left too. Um, series three. Dang, this was when stuff was getting tough to actually pick. Like I, at each, at each of my series, I actually go through them, and I, I pick like if my ratio of what I don't like versus what I like, you know, it, it actually that sets the tone if it's a successful series to me or not. Mm-hmm. This series is actually pretty hard to like dislike any of them. So I, I think Joe, uh, Jay Leno's Shogun Fiesta was mm-hmm. you know up there with one of my favorite. I actually gave him a print in person. Um, Mike Burroughs once again with his BMW powered Ford Model A pickup truck, which he's building another one. Um, you know, you got Mad Mike Wittit with his Bro Dozer and his you know Radbull on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, that was such a cool car, the Bro Dozer. Yeah, it. I think he even redid it. Um, and then of course you got Nigel Petrie, who I got to meet at Galpin. Great guy, 
crazy love mind. to have nigel on the podcast oh you got to he he's very fascinating so nigel love to. get on james's podcast like you'll yeah. love it man like, when he comes back yeah he'll be very i hope he rides his motorcycle all the way from <laughs> across water across water that's who's gonna do yeah they got that right easy easy, easy. he can figure out a way to get past it so i loved his helix his build and the passion behind that was beautiful um his high luck is what i'd call it oh yeah high lux. yeah sorry that's all right well, yeah, it's well, the antipodes. High locks, high locks. <laughs> <right? laughs> anyway, um, and not and, only that, his drift build's incredible as well. Oh, it's one eighty. Yeah. Well, I love his motorcycle builds. Too. Oh, everything, he, everything about Nigel. He's just awesome. A, yeah, he's just a, he's a true artisan in his way too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you know, LJ Garcia, the OG with his feels Honda Civic from back in the day, like that. That was what turned me on to the import, like super street scene. You can't help but have like you know Paul Walker um, and the you know iconic Toyota Supra, mm-hmm. uh, man. And you know some of my favorite cars. I would lo- you know I had John Morton recently sign one of my like one of my favorite things to do is if I get to meet the person the person behind the car, I want them to autograph it, and it's just almost like signing a baseball card for me. Yeah, I did that with my Hot Wheels collection. Yeah, it's perfect, man. Like that's I, I, the only thing I was disappointed I didn't have my one eighteen scale oh. Brie one I had. Yeah. Because I, I still wanted to get Peter Brock. I did get um, John Nath, who, uh, yeah, John Nath, I believe he was one of the engineers on the team, but mm-hmm. recently passed away. But, you know, I want them to all sign that. But, anyways, um, one car I'd love to own is a BMW E36 lightweight. Um, you know, I'm a big M3 fan still to this day. Uh, so, that's Series 3, blah, blah, blah. You know, you can't have love for the Harlequin, VW Harlequin. Mm hmm. Uh, and then you get into Series 4. Some of my favorites, definitely uh, Alexander Calder, Calder uh, BMW R-Car, which I saw at the Peterson and fell in love with it when I got to witness it in That's person. very cool. Um, Jimmy, I see you, Jimmy Uria, his uh, right-hand drive uh, Mercedes W108 airbagged. Mm-hmm. Like he, also a great guy. Great. Oh, have you got to meet him? I've, got, I've only got to meet him at shows, but never got to... You're so cool, Jimmy. He is. Dang. Um... And then uh, definitely um, Fuguzi. And then can't leave out John Cibola again. Like, there's a reason why I painted his RWB Raw Art. I remember we were going through, like, picking his name for the car. So I'm glad he went with Raw Art. Um, and then, you know, getting into it, um, you know, I get into Series 5, which is essentially like the quintessential of my peak where I started adding backgrounds in to kind of help tear narrative a little bit better and all that. And, you know, I can't really say anything. I'm not going to mention my favorites yet because the series is not even done yet. Sure. Um, prints are not – I'm hoping to have prints out in October, November, just in time for Christmas. Wink, wink. Yep. Um, so, you know, but so far this is by far it, – it's it's my best series to date. Um, it, and the part that I do realize has gotten to the point that i gotten so um, – meticulous with it that people think that they're just photos that have been cropped down and put on post-it notes which is pretty it's a pretty good accomplishment if that's what people say it is but at the same time when you you know it it loses the edge of you know people think they're just buying like when it comes across on instagram or some type of internet or the web people just think they're looking at a photo of you know i don't know know if it you have to see it in person to see the artistic edge no it's they're incredible in person i mean and that I mean, but on but on the web, you know, it's just the hard when you're playing that communication. I think when you see something a little bit more messy and a little bit more expressive, it's a little bit easier to understand. Sure. So, but screw it. It's my own 
liking, you know, mm-hmm. if people dig it, cool. If not, whatever, you know, I'm still going to keep doing me. So, you know, and you know, I still got stories to tell with Mazda, my most recent, you know, experience with Mazda. Great guys over there. Hey, Justin. Yep. So, man, memorable experience with those guys. Yeah, so, no, so t- briefly just talks about that because that's where we connected again uh-huh. after Peter Nodell yeah. introduces the first time. Shout out and, to Peter. And John introduced us too. Yes, yeah. exactly. Got to say that. But so what was <laughs> it? How did you manage to connect with Mazda then? What happened there? Mazda, um, you can't even get me saying Mazda that way too. I'm going to, I'll probably, I'll step it up and I'll go, uh, is it Matsuda? <laughs> <I'll> st- <laughs> um, with Mazda, essentially, um, a buddy of mine, Justin, reached out and, you know, he DM'd me and was essentially saying, hey, you know, uh, would you be interested in experience, the Mazda experience? Um, and, you know, it's something along the lines, you get to, you know, we'll, we'll take care of you, fly out, but, you know, you get to come out and be at pebble beach and experience this and i was like oh well, what's the catch you know how much do i have to pay for this or mm-hmm. something like that that mm-hmm. was my first thought sure and um you know and, and I, I called him up and we you started talking apex seals for the rest of your life yeah, so, what, what, that, yeah how much of my soul do i have to sell yeah, yeah. you know um and you know essentially you know he's like no no it's just you know come out and we want to get your legit opinion on you know the brand and everything and you know uh, you, you know, you feel like you have like the right, you know, it was like it was business too. It's like, you know, feel like you have the right demographic for the brand. And I was flattered, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, oh, well, cool. You know, um, and it's like, I had to be honest with them. I don't know much about the Mazda brand, but I'm looking and to be open-minded about it. Um, I had my judgments in the past with previous stuff, you know, it wasn't the greatest to me. I didn't really perceive it, but you know, and wow, like that whole five days with them really flipped my world upside down on like what the brand is about essentially the culture of Mazda and I am genuinely and authentically like impressed with this brand like I am a brand like I'm a I'm a fan and enthusiast now of the Mazda brand like what they're about and like I get it like everything they're trying to strive for like I really do want to see them flourish and like they're really not like any other brand like it's surprising I was really really taken back by that i will it's still experience that it's a lifetime that i it's definitely one for the books Mm -hmm. and i'm truly honored that mazda had me to be part of this and let me be able to experience this and um yeah and you know i really i this is no plug they're not paying me for this or anything like that i genuinely you know love you can pay me though Mr. that's quite all right even if i pronounce it in a funny way that's fine i don't mind i'll take no, your corporate they, they actually they actually have the sayings of like how people say it and you're actually saying it the correct way too you know there's yeah so um you know and it's just one more thing that just it was just like i'm glad i had the experience i'm glad you know mazda was able because i was like oh what value could i bring to you guys and when they kind of showed me and it's like really opened up my line of thinking of how to see things too mm-hmm. it was like there was just a all i could say was just one hell of like a positive experience that is like i hope to go again next year <laughs> 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 sign me up Justin. sign me up is what you're saying no pressure justin that's it but, no um, pressure you know but other than that it's just i it's just something I, I i wish other people can definitely experience that and i hope they do you know would you sign up for plus one and i'll come on i, I hope you get to experience and you know throw out hey 
hey, I think, you know, James would be a great candidate to have the Mazda experience, you know? I think I'd be a great candidate, yeah. too, to have the Mazda experience. I, I'm no one to speak out of turn. He here, says but, it in a cool way, too. As long as, yeah. So, I, you know, and I think every car enthusiast, like, yeah, I, and even I get the Mazda gearheads now. Like, I get when they're an odd bunch, you know, the rotary bunch and everything, the wangle. I get it now. This is, or the Miata bunch. The Miata bunch, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, my whole perception of the Miata now has changed, you know, and man, I, I, I wouldn't, you know, I would consider owning one of those and I'd have one in the stable if I had to. Sure. I'd put it next to the BMW lightweight, right? Yep. That's it. And then, uh, so, you know, and I think that's where, you know, that's where we are today and I'm looking forward to the next adventures for the rest of the four months. Some good things are in store. I, I, I'm excited and I'm still, I have to keep those under wraps. Sure. Uh, I don't want to jinx anything. No, no, that's quite right. We can't give uh, the, we can't give the game away too soon. So, but you know, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I think this whole year has been, um, it's been a roller coaster. Anyone who's gone in or is in it or, or is about to go into the entrepreneurial endeavor or wants to go be an artist for themselves or whatever creative outlet you have and you want to, um, definitely be conscious about it. You know, don't be brash about it. Take a lot of thought and be uh-huh. considerate, but it, it's definitely rewarding if you have the stomach for it. It, it takes a type of temperament um, and self reflection to see if you're cut out for it. But it's been a hell of a roller coaster. Um, still looking for it, and things are on the up and up. And um, but yeah, it, you got to pay your dues still. So that's what I'm learning through this whole journey. Um, so yeah, it's just I don't know if any of this would. I don't know how this is going to sound later, but. Hey. It's going to sound great, Doug. It's going to be put, the best one yet. John's, some, John's going to be calling me up. And he's like, James, how come Doug sounded so good? As he's as he's wiping away the tears. With yeah. his $100 oh, dollar just, bills. With his $100 bills. Yeah, with he his wipes hundreds away. and his... Fresh, his, fresh hundreds at that. Just on he his, peels them straight off. On his mink carpet. Exactly. Yeah, just... Yeah, and just as he's just spilling caviar all over the place. Yeah, it's, it's, that's just him there. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah, and... I, Man, yeah, and then I just... Yeah, I just love this. I love this culture. I love the automotive scene, and um, yeah, the people are part of it. And like actually getting to sit down with you now, and man, pretty cool. I know it's not too bad for an hour. About oh, time, also right? too is uh, I forgot to say, hey BC, also, yeah, like, and Hetty. Don't forget Hetty. I know. No, you you didn't let me. Fit. And Hetty. Oh, but, there you go. Yeah. See, I um, cut you off too soon. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah the, me and him like had a good heart to heart, and I still. Looking forward to come visit your shop. So, don't. just don't do it on a Friday. That's all I will say. Yeah. Do not look to go over there on a Friday around three thirty in high peak traffic. You yeah, know. it's not. I mean, great, great hosts, but oh my word, Plus that drive there. I that drive it. there is oh, it's a long drive. I think they got time machines now. Oh, hopefully. Right, transporters. Yeah, Star Trek style. You beam me up straight there. <laughs> but all I could say, I think the way to level this up, if you could put like a soundtrack in here, like the most ultimate, like motivational music, like. Yeah, I could talk about anything like random and it would probably and still we'll sound convincing. Yeah. That's so. a that's a note for going forward. But Doug, it's been yeah. an absolute pleasure. Hey James, you here. do likewise, man. But this before is... you go, uh-huh. you have to plug that website again where people can get in touch to buy those prints from you. Or anything else, or even get in touch to commission you for something. Or anything else is to say, come work for me, do this, do whatever you want. So what is that website again? It is www.notablerides dot com and for the guys who have challenges with spelling notable n o t a b l e rides r 
IDES. <laughs> Sorry, I-D-E-S. So, and then, um, yeah, if you guys are too lazy to do that, I got my Instagram, which is uh, Doug underscore letter N R. And you should see me pop up. So, um, if you guys are even engaged, they even look that up either. But uh, they will be. Oh, I'm... everyone's on the Insta. Even Nigel McKeon's on the Insta now. Oh, dang! He's really. That I will say lot. that's it. That's that the next lot, thing. You're gonna actually. have a new follower. Nigel McKeon will be there probably once he listens to this next Thursday. Nigel. He's gonna be there. This checking is... it out. He'll be saying a lot of things. Oh, and I can't forget. Oh, I can't forget. Just in time. Please do not edit this out. I really. Um, the edit I've already pressed off. Okay. I've already t- no, no, please. Oh, it's been off the whole. It's been it's off the been last off the 20 whole minutes. time. Yeah, that's Damn it. it. It's, cut. <laughs> it's not no, even plugged it? in. Plug. Go on, Doug. Doug, tell us. <laughs> All what, right. What? So real quick, it's um. I really want to wish uh someone really uh, cool to me is um Tim Schaefer in uh Troy, Michigan. Um, he's my sister's father-in-law, but avid car enthusiast, and you know, me and him have really you know had a great relationship. I want to wish him a very happy seventieth birthday 70th man what a milestone and he doesn't even look 70 so and he's the one that gets your custom hot wheels right yeah he gets the custom hot wheels man See, that's I, the one he gets i and do my fbi research on i know you, man I look i'm trying i'm gonna have to block you <laughs> I'm gonna block you're not gonna be able to block nigel mckeon i'm though. gonna head over i'm gonna head over to the hollywood police and put a restraining <laughs> order too dang so well, anyways hey thank you so much james man really appreciate it no no it's been an absolute pleasure and of course if you want to find uh us on the internet you can always track us down at no breaking n-o-b-r-k-i-n-g dot com that's also no breaking on instagram and Facebook. And thank you again for listening and we'll see you next time. So bye-bye.